This episode of Street Focus is brought to you by FreshBooks. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is another Q&A Street Challenge episode, and my co-host today is my good friend, Australian photographer Ken Lyons. And today we will answer questions about our post-processing workflow, and also a question um, whether or not we ever feel like we're in the mood to shoot when we find ourselves in a new location. Then we will give our pick of the weeks before we announce the winners of the last Street Challenge. Ken, how are you and how is life down under? Well, good day, Valerie. And first of all, thank you for asking me to come on the show. It's uh, a real honor. I know probably a lot of people say that, but uh, it truly is an honor to be on here. So thank you for that. Um, um, things I'm down thrilled. here are really good. Um, rather warm at the moment. Probably quite the opposite to you. Um, we're looking at 40 degrees Celsius today where I am. And I don't want to hear uh, any well, complaining about the heat. <laughs> no complaints, <laughs> but it is, a, it is a little bit warm. A tad warm, yes. Actually, you know that it's uh, a year ago yesterday that I came back from my Australia trip. So it's been a year since I last saw you because I must say that Ken was on three of my workshops in about a year time, right? You did Paris for a week, Normandy for a week, and then the Melbourne workshop shortly after. So that's how we became such good friends because we basically hung out for three weeks and, uh, and it was warm in uh, Melbourne in February last year. So it's, uh, the, the, it was a warm time. It was, it was a good three weeks and, um, it was very warm in Melbourne. Yes. So, so what have you been up to since I last saw you? Um, Shooting some uh, some for some clients and um, doing sort of corporate headshots and um, family portraits that type of thing, and working on uh, on my workshop that uh, that I'm putting together for later in the year. That's right. So you you launch you're launching your own workshops and you'll be in London this year in May and then again in the fall, right? That's right. Yes. Um, the uh, the the May workshops are uh, the eighteenth to the twenty first of May. So yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be a, a good week. Great, well, that's awesome. And maybe after that, you can uh, stop by Paris and visit for a couple of days. It's on my list. <laughs> Great, that'll be fun to see you again. So let's uh, let's go to our to our first segment, and that's the Q and A. Do you want to read question number one? Actually, we have two questions that are so similar, so we'll kind of answer them at the same time. So go ahead and read the first one, and I'll read the second one. Okay. The first question is from Michael Greer from New Zealand. Um, fairly neighbor. close to Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, a, just across the, uh, the water. So Michael's question. I need a new challenge. Landscapes aren't doing it for me anymore, at least not for the moment anyway. And your portfolio and podcasts are daring me to take me and my camera onto the street. First, I've got to pick up the courage. Maybe you could tell me a little about your post-camera workflow. You seem to work almost exclusively in RAW, but where to from there? Do you stay solely within Lightroom or with the RAW file? Do you wander into an external editor to achieve that special Jardin flair? How did I go with the name? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, And I'll read question number two, which is very similar. And this one was sent to us by Chandler. So I assume that's her first name. 
um, his first name. I love the Street Focus show. Thank you. I'm a brand new aspiring street photographer. I was wondering what is the best way to get a black and white street photo in camera or in post processing? I have the tools to do it either way. How do you make black and white photos? So those two questions were so similar. I figure let's just put them both in the same show and uh, and answer them at the same time. So, um, well, since they both asked me directly, I will, I will start and then I want to get your, your workflow as well, Ken. Um, sure. yes, I shoot mostly in raw, although I've experimented with, um, some of the, the JPEG functions in my Fuji's and, uh, and I've, I mean, they're awesome. Uh, there's really no, need to shoot raw and street photography uh really but i like to um i like to keep i I mean usually i know if it's going to be a black and white shot or color shot so i could easily switch to jpeg and and make that decision like i used to when i was shooting film but uh raw gives me the flexibility and i like to tweak my image images um individually i don't ever use presets i work in lightroom exclusively i spend seconds per image and um i don't use any plugins or anything lightroom 100% now and uh it just works it does everything i need it does everything really most plugin would do except that it's not a a preset really and I don't know I haven't worked with plugins very much so I can't even tell you but um it works for me and uh I figure street photography especially doesn't need a whole lot of massaging really if uh if the picture is not good to start if the story is not there if it's not the right gesture the right subject the right light there is absolutely nothing in post that you're going to make that you're going to be able to do to change that. So that's why I don't spend a whole lot of time. Usually, you know, if it's a keeper, it only takes a very quick slider uh, adjustments to to make it the way I like. And I like usually a, a pretty contrasty and and um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, so yes, I shoot raw. But again, um, that is not really a necessity for street photography. But hey, it's there and then you have all the options. You can even shoot RAW plus JPEG if that's something. If you've never sh- shot RAW, it's a good, you know, a good way to start is to, to put your camera to shoot RAW plus JPEG. That way you can start experimenting with the RAW file. And, um, really Lightroom is all you'll ever need. How about you, Ken? Well, we're very similar, Valerie. Um, I have experimented with several plugins and they're good. I like them, but I don't find that I use them very often. Almost never now. Um, I tend to work mostly in Lightroom as well. Occasionally, I'll, I'll make a trip to Photoshop for something, but for the most part, it's Lightroom all the way. So, my general workflow when I'm I'm doing a street uh, photograph is again to convert to black and white. I've become a, a little bit of a, a black and white fiend over time, and mm-hmm. uh, I really do love the way that they look, and I like the contrasty looks as well. So. I tend to go into Lightroom. I will make adjustments to the contrast, sometimes to the, the tonal curve, and um, add some clarity if I need to. I may do a, a, a global adjustment with the with the sliders, or I may start to paint some 
clarity or contrast in or take it out even with um, the brushes and the elliptical marquee tool and those types of things. But generally, straight into Lightroom, do yeah. my adjustments, which take a, a matter of moments. It doesn't take very long at all. And um, then move on to the next image. Exactly, think, yeah. Yeah. If the, if the image isn't good to start with, it doesn't matter whether you use Lightroom, Photoshop or a multitude of plugins, you're not going to turn it into a good image anyway. That's right. It needs to, um, needs to be uh, a good image to start with. So I don't tend to spend a lot of time fixing, you know, and some. I do use the the clarity slider. I think a night, you know, not not a whole lot. I mean, some people push it really far. I don't push mm. it very far, and that's something you need to be careful. You don't use clarity on a, a woman's face, for example, because it's not <laughs> no, going to be very be flattering. But um, it will add a lot of uh, a lot of texture, and and um, then I like to push my blacks and my whites pretty much to their mm -hmm. limit, um, and um, you know, add a little vignette, but not much, you know, on some some shots, but uh very minimal but i don't i don't ever batch process either i think every image needs its own little tweaks and uh but i i usually try to to keep the same type of you know medium uh contrast and uh, and so forth but you're right i mean uh, you can't make a, a a good picture out of a bad picture picture no matter how long you spend in post processing but you can certainly make a good picture even better that's right, yeah, and I agree with that. Um, yeah, people talk about bad pictures or grainy pictures, too much noise. That the noise doesn't tend to bother me so much, um, particularly if it's a, a nighttime image. I mean, it should be dark and and grainy anyway. So, you know, the the noise in digital cameras today, in modern cameras, reminds me a lot of the um, the the grain of the older films, the black and white films. So. Adds to I the mood. Tend to, yeah, uh, that's right. It add, adds mood. It adds um, some character to the image. So, you know, to quote, I think it was Rick Salmon I heard say a long time ago. You know, if if the image is so bad that you notice the noise, it's a bad image anyway. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, noise doesn't worry me. I don't tend to do too much noise reduction. Um, I don't either. Either. No, no, that's really one slider that I don't touch. Uh, you Very know, unless rarely. I was working for a client or something and I need mm -hmm. to do some special adjustment, adjustment. but uh, for me, and I shoot for me exclusively now, so no, I, I, I can, you know, crank up the ISO at 6400 and not touch the denoising at all. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm really happy with the noise on the Fuji. I, I use the Fuji X100S as well, as you know, mm -hmm. and... Um, very happy with the noise at 6400 okay you can see some grain but it does add to the image i think sometimes um yes sometimes i mean there can be noise in the wrong places and it just doesn't look right move on to another image yeah. but um for the most part a little bit of noise is not too much of an issue yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I go into, when I first look at my pictures, and I think I've mentioned that on the show before, um, I, I look at my pictures quite quickly and with a finger on the X to, you know, to delete them. And, uh, I don't, I don't spend a whole lot of time debating if uh, I'm going to keep it or not. I mean, as you, especially in street photography, it's there, or it's not there. And uh, right. and it, you're pretty quick at, at at you know spotting a good potential image uh, pretty quickly after a while once you've done this for a while and why keep uh, a, 
a file that doesn't have the right subject or or the subject is not in the right stepping or whatever. I mean, there's nothing you're going to do that's going to change that. So I, I tend to get rid of, you know, uh, files off my hard drive, you know, pretty quickly on the first uh once I first look through the through the series of images I took that day, yeah, I, I tend to be similar. I, I, when I'm working in Lightroom, I have all of the images up in the grid view, and um, I look through the images, pick the ones that I like in grid view. I don't hit the X key. Um, I'm probably the opposite to you in that respect. I go through and I and I pick, I flag the ones that I like, and that's the only ones that I look at from that point forward. Yeah. Okay. See, I I eliminate the the ones I don't like. That way, it makes me feel better. <laughs> the second time I look, it's like, oh, look at all the keepers I have. <laughs> I might have to try that one. <laughs> Psychologically, it's probably better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, cool. Well, I think that pretty much covers it because it's pretty simple with our workflow. <laughs> the question was uh, a pretty easy one, but I mean, I know a lot of people that use plugins for some reason. I like my well I like my black and white to look timeless and I think the minute you start using something that's you know quote unquote trendy it uh, it goes out of style and uh, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, like I don't like the black and white that looks like almost like a pencil drawing. It's like, well, <laughs> was it a drawing or a photograph? I want my black and white photographs to look like black and white photographs that are not yeah. going to look like, oh, yeah, that was that plugin they used in uh, 2012, you know. <laughs> That's right. It, it becomes very much like the uh, like fashion or like um, yeah. you know, the way you paint your house. You know, you, you, can, you look at houses or fashion photographs from a particular era and you can normally pinpoint when they were done. And I would much rather have an image, a black and white street image that is, as you say, is timeless. Yeah. You look at it. And it could be 10 years ago, could yeah. be 30 years ago. You just don't know unless you start looking for little clues like well, know, yeah. maybe vehicles in the in the photograph or, or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, but I like them to look timeless, just yeah. like yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want my uh, pictures to be timed by the processing I use. But that's mm-hmm. probably the be- better way to, to, to say it. Great. Okay. Well, thank you, Ken, for your input on this one. And uh, question number three was sent by Lee Herbert, whom we know. He's our good friend down in Melbourne. Uh, Do you want to read the question, Ken? Sure. Yeah. Actually, um, I saw Lee a couple of weeks ago and he didn't tell me he'd he'd, um, sent you a question. (laughs) He didn't even. Um, he did, probably didn't even know you were on the show either. So that's no, a good coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so from Lee, do you ever find yourself in a great location for photos, but find you're just not in the mood to go out and shoot? How do you motivate yourself when you're jet lagged? <laughs> that one must be just for well, a good question for you because Australians travel far all the time and there must be always jet lagged <laughs> we we have a fair distance to travel whenever we're going somewhere other than australia yeah well yeah. even from one end of the country of the country to the other you could be jet lagged so <laughs> <laughs> just about so uh so what do you do when uh you get to a new location ken okay well first of all i, I tend to i'll start a little bit before um arriving at the location i try to plan my journey so that I arrive somewhere in the evening. So 
for example, going to Europe somewhere, I'll try and arrive sort of 8, 8.30 p.m. so that I can go through the hotel, uh, sorry, through the airport, get to the hotel and go straight to bed. Mm-hmm. And I find that if I can do that, I get up the next day and I'm back into a routine, I've had a good sleep and I generally don't feel jet lagged, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Coming back the other way, back home to Australia, I always do feel a little tired when I get home for a few days. Well, it's also because it's just not as exciting getting back home. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I guess the the things that I do, I, I tend to drink a lot of water for um, the time that I'm traveling and, and leading up to that. I, I find that if I am dehydrated, I'm more tired. So... If I am well hydrated, I get less tired. If I am feeling tired when I get somewhere, I, I essentially force myself to go outside. I'll go out, I'll walk around, I'll carry the camera with me. Even if I'm not taking photographs at that time, I'll still have the camera with me. I'll walk around, I'll look, I'll take things in, get the senses going, you know, sight, smell, touch. The more that you get those senses working, the more that you start to get into the groove, into the rhythm. And you start to take photographs of things that may not be overly exciting maybe, but you know, you're starting to get the camera out and starting to take the photographs. And before you know it, instead of taking those photographs, you're actually making images. You just sort of transition into that, um, into that flow. So I think the, the big key is to just force yourself to go out and um, start looking around, get the sensors um, involved and just look to see what's there and start to make photographs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for for me, traveling, uh, well, whether I was traveling, I'm traveling to Europe, which I do so many times every year, or even when I went to Australia, I arrived in the morning. So mm-hmm. um, I um, I stay up. I mean, and I'm not as, I'm not, a good sleeper. I, I don't, I really sleep on the plane, even the long journey to Australia, which took how many days? <laughs> <laughs> Takes um, about a week and a half. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I just don't sleep, but I feel that um, I need to get into the routine and the, the schedule of the place I'm, I'm traveling to right away. So I'll stay up. And for me, as long as I'm with my camera, I'm I'm fine. I completely forget that I'm tired. Um, I I'm I get in the zone right away. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm in Paris, uh, there are places that I need to go to right away. It's 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 my um, it, it's home, and 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 I need to walk by that cafe and go over that bridge. It's just that routine that I've established now that just makes me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm back home. And, uh, but when I travel to a new destination and when I was, uh, when I traveled to Melbourne last year, I mean, I was exhausted, but I stayed up and walked miles and miles and miles that first day. And actually we, we met up, remember, uh, yeah. at St. Kilda and we walked, there was a festival in the evening or something. And, strong, and, yes. uh, you just, you know, walk and take pictures until you, <laughs> until you're exhausted. But I never find that it's hard to find to get inspired when I'm in a new location. I mean, jet lagged or not, um, mm-hmm. 
And I think sometimes it, it can be overwhelming, don't you think? I mean, when you're in a new city for the first time, you try mm -hmm. to see too much. So uh, I find that sometimes just focusing on one thing um, and it can, can help. So that's that's one thing to consider. Or just let, just not not have a plan at all then and just let the the. the The location surprise you and uh, and just get lost on purpose, as I already say. I mean, that's the best way to see to see a new place is just to get lost on purpose and just uh, get you know take, yeah, make a turn when you were thinking of going straight straight ahead yeah, and and wander. wander. Yeah, that tends to be what I do if I get to a new location and I am tired and I and I'm just. In the, in the motions of getting myself acquainted with the area and um, and seeing what's there. I mean, you can look at many things on, on Google Images or on 500px or whatever and get an idea of the location in a broad sense. But when you get somewhere, it's nice to just wander around and, and look at the finer details, see what's there, what's what places are around, what yeah. where the streets go, where the shortcuts are. So... I tend to find that I I will just wander um, yeah. for a, a little while with my camera and um, hopefully not get too lost so that I can't find my way back to where <laughs> I'm staying. But um, just have a, a wander around, look, see, yeah. smell the scent, uh, the uh, the smells that are around, and just it gets me in the zone as I start to you know touch things that are around and and all those smells of the food or. Yeah. Um, And Whatever observe, you know, yeah. sit yeah, at a cafe, right. sit at a cafe for mm. a couple of hours and yeah. just uh, just look at, you know, do some street photography while you're sitting, but um, just observe. And drink strong too. coffee. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's what you do in Australia. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah, but also uh, one one tip is when you get to a really really new location, uh, big city you've never visited before, if you stay in a hotel, right away when you walk into the hotel, grab the business card of the hotel and put it in your pocket, <laughs> because uh, if you get tip. lost, you can always show it to a taxi and they'll bring yes. you back home. So yeah, yeah, I um, I haven't done that, but uh, what I have done is walked to the front out of the front of the hotel turned around taken a photograph of the hotel on my iphone yeah and um, then usually you know you can sort of work out where it is <laughs> that's <there>. right yeah. <laughs> that's a good point but nowadays i mean i know i have my uh, i have international data plan on my iphone so i always have a, a map with me uh wherever i go so now it's just a matter of uh Not uh, letting the battery die. die That's but right. <laughs> mark, mark the hotel or the apartment as the home location on the uh, on on your maps. Yeah. Mm. So lots. Of um, one other thing that I sometimes do as well, if I'm in a a, a big area like a big city and um, I've never been there before, is the first day that I arrive, I'll I'll jump on one of those hop on hop off tour buses quite mm -hmm. often, and um, just do a loop. Usually takes a couple of hours. And uh, do a loop and just get the lay of the land, see where things are and what's within walking distance and what's not within walking distance and just work out where I am, how, how to get around. So, and it gives you a bit of an overview of the city as well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good plan. And then talk with local people. 
you know, I find that people are so happy to show you their city and mm. and give you tips as to where the best uh, off the beaten path restaurant is going to be, and uh, and and from there you can it kind of builds on. You just meet more people and then discover new places. And um, to me, that's part that's the best part of traveling is really connecting with local people. And yeah. um, and a good way to do that is uh, to do street portraits. <laughs> it's a good way to talk with people. Correct. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's it's a great way. I mean, I, I love talking to people anyway. And, and even if you don't speak the same language, you become very adept at um, basic sign language, if yep. you like. Not not official sign languages, but, you know, you, you can get your point across. Yeah, so. a few words and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just don't talk. Don't feel like you have to talk louder because that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? Yeah, <laughs> louder or slower, if you don't know the language, it's just not going to help at all. No. <laughs> Which is always no. funny because I, I see people do that all the time. I'm thinking, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah, great. Well, Lee, I hope that answered your question. And uh, thank you for submitting uh, questions because the Q&A doesn't, uh, cannot exist without the cues. So please submit your questions for this, uh, for this uh, segment um, anywhere you want. You know, email me, uh, social media, on the, on the Street Focus uh, blog post, wherever. Just uh, I'll find it. So uh, send your questions for the next Q&A episode and we'll try to answer it the best we can. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus and that's our friends over at FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. I'm a creative and although I do I do have some really... Uh, solid marketing skills and business skills, which are necessary to make a, a living from my photography. I'm just not a number person and accounting really frustrates me. Invoicing and sending reminders is my least favorite business task. And it is for a lot of creative people. And FreshBooks was created for people just like me. It's simple and intuitive, so accounting is not intimidating. And if you travel a lot, you can take your business with you wherever you go because you can use FreshBooks for iOS and Android. So if you love the idea of being your own boss but hate the thought of all the paperwork that's involved, go to freshbooks.com slash streetfocus and enter streetfocus in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial today. Okay, now we're uh, going to give you our picks of the week. So it has to be photography related. Can you go first? What is your pick of the week? Okay, well, my pick's pretty simple and um, not very expensive. The um, Gordy's camera straps. Uh, I have one on my Fuji X100S and also on my um, OMD, my Olympus camera. The leather wrist strap hangs, lets the camera hang around the, uh, the wrist, always at hand, ready to go. I love them. I really do like those straps. They're probably the best wrist straps that I have um, have used. So my recommendation for anyone looking for a wrist strap, go out and check Gordy's uh, camera straps. Yep, and uh, I have one as well. And uh, and then you can you can order different size too, um, mm. which is different really sizes, good. different colors. I think as yep. well. Now. Yep, yeah, I have the black one with the red because it matches the 
little red uh, <laughs> thing on the Fuji. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it, they're quite inexpensive. Um, they're like 20 or 30 bucks, which uh, for anything uh, camera uh, related is, is a bargain. Is a real bargain. And I think they're handmade in the US, aren't they? They are, yes, yes. Yep. So it's kind of nice to uh, to support a small small business, and they're they they're doing well, but they're they're doing quality work. So cool. And uh, my pick is a book, and it is uh, "Why Photographs Work" by George Barr, and it's a, a fairly big book. It's actually thirty nine ninety five U.S. dollars, but it also comes in a ebook. A version from our friends at Rocky Nook. And this book, uh, in this book, the author analyzes 52 images that are all in all genres of photography. And, um, after his analysis, uh, he gives the explanation by each photographer and they describe their creative process for that image. So it's really interesting. It's kind of an in-depth critique by the author and then, and then then the the photographer him him or herself um, explains why they took this image the way they did and and the whole thought process. So it's quite interesting um, and really it covers some from street photography to um, still life and also um, landscape and so forth. So there are fifty two beautiful images and um, yeah. So it's uh, why photographs work at uh, Rocky Nook. And you can find it on Amazon. I'll put both links on the show note. That sounds like a great book. I need to get hold of that one, I think, and have a read of it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's fairly new, I believe. So um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed reading it. And now to our um, next segment. We are going to announce the winners of the last street challenge, which was about street portraits. And, uh, well, they were... Not as many entries as usual, so maybe street portraiture was a little intimidating to a lot of people, or maybe a lot of our listeners just don't do street portraiture because a lot of street photographers just only do candid photography, and that's fine. Uh, a lot of us do a little bit of both. I know I, I used to do a lot of street portraiture. I don't do a whole lot anymore, but um, you you do quite a bit, Ken, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I love it. Um you get a little thrill, I guess, um, mm -hmm. walking up to a complete stranger and and just asking to make a, a photograph of them. Um, uh, one I did in in Adelaide uh, last summer, so it's almost twelve months ago now. But um, I remember standing in front of a, a store waiting for this particular person to come out because I'd seen him go in. I waited there for 20 minutes for him to come out so that I could approach him and, uh, and ask to make his portrait. So, yeah, I love it. It's good. I, yeah. uh, I really enjoy doing it. It's fun. Yeah, the attraction can, can be really fun. And mm. uh, so there were there were some good entries, not, not many. I think there were probably 25 or 30 entries, but um, there were some good ones. And uh, we picked... We each picked one. So, Ken, who? what was your favorite image? Okay. Um, I, I agree with you, Valerie. There were some great entries in here. So it was, uh, it was a little hard to choose. But I kept coming back to a, a couple time and time again. And, and the one that I eventually settled on is by John Dilworth, and that's the cabbie in New York City. Um, I, I love the way that the cabbie is framed within the 
window of the cab and there's just a hint of the yellow cab around the outside of the frame so even if you didn't know that it was a yellow cab just looking at it looking at the color that that particular shade of yellow as soon as i saw it without reading the backstory i thought of a yellow cab in new york city so just put it in place so yeah i kept coming back to that so that's the one that i chose yeah and it was very natural and mm. uh, really a yeah, nice, gentle face and a very genuine smile. So I really like that one as well. Um, mine was a black and white portrait by um photographer from Australia, Teresa Pilcher. I hope that's how you say her last name. And it's a young man with dreadlocks and nose rings and tattoos. And he's sitting against a brick wall. He's not looking at the camera. Uh but I like the the dark tones and the mood, and also the reflection the reflection of the streets in his sunglasses. I just really liked. I I, I loved that picture the minute I saw it, and uh, every time there'd be new entries, I'd go through everything, and that's always the one that kept um, <laughs> jumping at me. So um, so that was my winning shot, and both winners will receive an ebook from our friends at RockyNook.com. Great. Thank you for, for all those entries. And uh, next street challenge will be something completely different. But we kind of touched on that a bit earlier today. Uh, and it's nighttime street photography. So crank up that ISO and um, go, go out and shoot at night. It just gives a new dimension to your street photography. And you can be quite creative. You can look for interesting light sources, such as street lights, car lights, neons, even smartphone, uh, you know, illuminating people's faces. And then don't worry about the noise. Like we said earlier, um, noise is good in night photography. It adds to the, the mood and the mystery. Um, and then, um, remember when you're in post processing, it's not because you can bring out the details and the shadows that you should do it. <laughs> you know, I see that way too often. I don't know if you, if you feel the same way, Ken, but sometimes yeah. people just want to bring so much detail out of the shadows and it almost looks like the picture was shot in bright daylight and it just yeah. loses its mysterious feel of the night. So, so keep it dark. It's dark. You, you shot in the dark and, and, uh, and keep it that way. Um, it just, that's one of my that's pet right. peeves. Let's, let the shadows fall where they do. Um, I mean, oh. night photography, like you say, it should be dark. It's dark and moody and that, yeah. that's the whole. Um, ambience of uh, the night photograph. So leave it in there. Don't try and, and pull the shadows right out. Just leave them there. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things I see when I critique, um, when I do critiques, it's like, but really, that's that was shot in the dark. I mean, you, it's like daylight. <laughs> <laughs> like, keep yeah. it darker. Don't try to to bring out so much detail. We don't need those details. It just distracts from the mystery of the night. I, I think that's right. Um, and sometimes having a, some really dark, deep shadows, and your subject illuminated by a street light yep. or from the light from a window. That light on your subject just draws your eye straight to what you want to be highlighted. So leave the shadows as they are. Let yep. them be. Exactly. So um, do you do do you shoot much night street photography, Ken? I, I haven't lately. No, um, I haven't had the opportunities to get out. But, more when um, you travel? Yeah, it tends to be. The nighttime shots tend to be more when I'm traveling. So, mm, yeah. yeah. 
And I, I love it. Um, but use some common sense. Stay safe. You know, don't just, just go into some, uh, dark alleys by yourself. If you're not sure, you know, follow your, uh, your, your instinct. And if it doesn't seem safe, well, it probably isn't. Uh, yeah, but, sure. but, you know, night street photography is a, a lot of fun. I will put some of my night street photographs in the gallery in the show notes. And uh, you can submit your best shot in the comment section for episode 23. And the challenge closes on March 12. So that gives you a couple of weeks uh, to go out and shoot. And um, if you don't have time and you have a, a, a night shot that you're quite proud of, that you've shot over the past few months, you can also uh, enter that one. So any other tip on night photography, Ken? Um probably just don't be scared of it. Go out and don't be scared of the noise, the grain that's yep. going to come out in the image. Embrace it. Just uh, in the words of uh, a famous footwear manufacturer, just do it. <laughs> that's right. And also, you know, try some fun uh, long exposure. Don't even worry about the tripod. You know, just uh, find – there's always a wall or something that you can <laughs> set your camera on. Just – just uh, go go light, travel light, and then uh, an experiment. You know, some really cool um, silhouettes of people walking in front of uh, bright store lit, um, uh, brightly lit stores. Wow, I didn't say that right. That didn't come <laughs> out right. Uh, <laughs> or you know, uh, just you know, experiment with um, any. Any light source really uh, can be a lot of fun. And uh, and if the white balance is off because of all those different light sources, well, hey, you know what? The magic trick is to turn it into a black and white. Black. <laughs> that always <Yeah>. works. <laughs> it, it does. It, um, I, I, when I was in Melbourne a few weeks ago, I um, did a lot of night shooting then and not a tripod in sight, Valerie. Yeah. And um, I used walls and bins and... Um, traffic light control boxes. I used all sorts of things to rest the camera on. And some of the lighting was atrocious as far as the colours go. Perfect black and whites. Yep. So just <laughs> exactly. convert them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's the easiest fix to uh, tricky white balance problems. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Great. Well, a couple of announcements. Uh, my friend and photographer extraordinaire Karen Hutton will be joining my Paris photo workshop in May, and it's great bonus for for the students who have, who signed up for that workshop. There is a, a spot left, so if you want to hang out with me and Karen for a week in Paris, uh, there's more info on my website at uh, valeriejardinphotography.com, and that's in May. That's actually right after Ken's workshop in London. So you know what? You can come to both. You can spend a week with Ken and then you can just uh, take the um, the Eurostar and uh, go straight to Paris in, what, three hours or so? And, uh, yeah, it's better and then hang out with uh, me and Karen Hutton for a week after that in Paris. So, what a fantastic time. <laughs> Ken, thanks for joining me. So where can people go see more of your work and check out your London workshop? Oh, well, thank you again for having me on, Valerie. It's, uh, it's been a great time. Uh, the, probably the best place to find me if uh, people go to my website, which is kenlyonsphotography.com. Dot au. And that's um, Lions. You may you may want to spell it. Oh yes, Ken K E N Lions L Y O N S photography.com.au. 
and uh, I have links to social media on the website, um, links to the workshop where people can check out the uh, the details, the itinerary, and um, yeah, keep in touch with me through uh, through social media. Off Great. of the links on the page. And Ken is also on the Street Focus community. I think. I am. I hope. Yeah. On Google+. Yes. Plus. If you're not, you're going to be after today. Uh, so you can certainly interact with him there. Well, great. Thanks again, Ken. And uh, enjoy the the summer days down under. I uh, uh, will indeed. It's uh, the, what is it now? It's 9.50 in the morning now. So I'm about to head out into the sun. And uh, it's already getting quite warm. <laughs> That's good, because uh, it's cold here. <laughs> I can imagine. Thanks, Ken, and I look forward to seeing you sometime this year, hopefully in Paris. Yes, thank you very much again, Valerie. It's been a great time. Thank you. Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. And I would like to thank our sponsor, FreshBooks, for making this episode possible. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And then you can go and upload your image for the Street Challenge contest, Night Street Photography. And remember, you have to go to episode 23, which is this episode, in the comments section to enter. And the contest closes on March 12th. Thank you for all the great ratings on iTunes. Please keep them coming. And uh, sign up for exclusive TWIP membership benefits and discounts by heading over to thisweekinphoto.com slash join. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets.